Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. It is a bittersweet day today on the Second Captain's Podcast. Sweet because Ken Early is back from holidays and a very warm welcome back, Ken. Hello, Owen. How are you? Oh, I'm absolutely fine, but it's bitter because Murph comes to us in a state of... <laughs> Hold on a second here there. I'm not bitter at all. But we're about to find out. You're certainly going to be in a state of deep introspection post-All-Ireland mm, Final defeat. That's more like Welcome to the show, everybody. The Clifford and Walsh of the punditry game coming up. That's Flynn and McCombell, obviously. We'll get into the finer points of Kerry's triumph with the two boys, but, ah, oh, Murph, I have so, so many questions. The first one being, did you attend the Kerry after party in D2 that was so heavily promoted last week by David Clifford? David Clifford! As you, as you rumbled. <laughs> I have to say, there were a lot of likes for that tweet from last Thursday landing in my uh, Twitter notifications at around 7 or 8 o'clock yesterday. <laughs> so people, you know, they waited their time. They waited their time and then they struck. Uh, which is, of course, their prerogative. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I have to say, I was watching it with my father-in-law and it was, it was him who kind of said that to me. I wonder what Murph would go into the Kerry party. And so, oh, I bet you were full of uh, laughs, weren't Ken, you? I have to say, right, I spent a lot of time with Murph last week. It always seems a bit more intense as well when you're not around. So yeah, it yeah. seems to be a lot of myself and Murph. Yeah. Uh, we obviously mm. were doing the podcasts. We uh, The radio show started up last week. Mm. We spent Saturday night at the Galway International Arts Festival. The Gal- That is in Galway, what? of course. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We were uh, doing a chat there. So I... Oh, 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 what was it? Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't just. A, it wasn't just a visit. It was like uh, it was. It was business. No, no. It was on business. Strict, uh, strict Ken. business, Ken. We were talking. We were talking mm. sport. They're bringing a bit of sport into the arts scene there, Ken. But that's listen. I'm. I'm going sideways here. My point being, I was feeling quite nervous by the time the match rolled around yesterday. Like because... more, way more nervous than almost any other match that hasn't involved Dublin. So I can only imagine, Kieran. Because it would, it would. It would. It would. Murph would go into one of his rages. My, my boy, Murph. It was. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I just wanted I wanted I wanted Kieran to be happy. I wanted him to enjoy the day. I wanted all the Murphy family and the extended family to just have a good day out. Their first All Ireland football final in more than twenty years. So how did it go down, Murph? How was your day? Well, it was it was an amazing day, Owen. Uh, we did actually have a lot of fun. 
my auntie's apartment in Glasnevin is ground zero on days such as this. And uh, at various, I think the 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 total over the course of like the three hours before the game was seventeen people had had visited <laughs> at various stages, all being fed by Mary. Uh, so it was uh, very sweet. Uh, uh, Brilliant! Like I was very nervous, so I had to drive back from uh, from Galway yesterday morning. So I was part of the convoy, uh, which I hadn't been, which I hadn't obviously done in like twenty one years. So was I, and I took your advice to leave at the crack of dawn. Mm. Don't want to be yeah, that too the, so the the convoy was. We were definitely at the head of the convoy. On it wasn't that manic. I mean, I know a couple of buzzers were following behind me, and like by eleven o'clock at the toll at the toll booth, it was like <laughs> you know end of day stuff uh, so that so that it was, was an eye opener for me an, an, an eye opener about how smug one feels when because you, you know all my alarms are just get get the bus into town hop on, walked, a, hop on public across. transport for two euro god I felt smug when I left early <laughs> and I got to that tall there was just no traffic at all I was like jeez I'm, I'm just brilliant but anyway continue N- nailed it again <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah I was very nervous kind of when I was like uh, by myself and by myself I mean you know my wife asleep beside me in the car so me just alone with my thoughts for two and a half hours but then once I actually met all of my family the nerves kind of melted away we were it was just a a delight it was a delightful day and then the football begins and you know Shane Walsh starts doing what he (laughs) what he did in the first half and obviously like the excitement levels are just completely off the charts at that stage uh, and you know we just we we weren't able to keep it up. Unfortunately, Kerry just outlasted us. So bitter disappointment. Uh, uh, of course, uh, you, you used the word bitter. I'm not bitter, but the disappointment was. You're bitter. bitterly disappointed, as opposed to yes, you're not bitter about the free, about the soft free. It was this topic of fevered <laughs> speculation. Uh, obviously, after after the game, um, I don't think it was a free in. Oh, no, I definitely don't think it was a free out. Anyway, yeah. they, uh, John Daly was not being fouled. I don't know that he was holding on to uh, Killian Spillane's arm for long enough to be for it to be considered a free in yeah. either. Um, but we maybe we'll get into all that with uh, with with the lads because at the end of the day, I mean Clifford kicked the point, but then they kicked the next or they well hand passed the, the uh, two couple. of the next three. But you know they they pushed for home. They they did what they had to do, and if the free hadn't been given, there's there there really isn't a whole pile of evidence to suggest that they wouldn't have gone ahead and won the game uh, a different way so that's the yeah like that's kind of the you know the, the, like Gola just didn't do enough in the last 10 minutes to, to, to say that that was a pivotal moment I mean it, it was a very important moment for sure but was it a turning point I'm I'm less sure of that mm, you seem very magnanimous Murph I mean, that, that magnanimity didn't extend to actually attending Kerry's post-match party where did, where did you end up where did the night take you uh, I was. I had a couple of drinks on Cable Street, and then I went to the All Ireland Football Final banquet, the Galway All Ireland Football Final banquet. <laughs> <laughs> so sounds grim. Uh, no, it wasn't actually. It was. It was really nice. Uh, I. I mean, I. I left at like I don't know, twelve or half twelve maybe. I did kind of feel like the party was just getting started, uh, but uh, no, I. I slunk away at that stage. I could, uh, suffice to say, if. If Galway had won, it would have been one of the all-time great nights because I, I knew so many people there, so many people from home. It was, it was, it, it was, it would have been gearing up to have been an amazing. I mean, I can't even begin to describe the state. I would. You wouldn't be talking to us right now. Yeah. Uh, well, he's a pro to his bootstraps, Ken. He would have been talking in some guys. 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here having watched the entire game back already this morning. So, I mean, there's, there is, uh, you know, my, my enthusiasm for talking about a goal we all are in the final win, Ked, would probably uh, <laughs> beat any possible hangover. Or, and uh, uh, can, any, um, can anyone go to these things or do you have to be like the James Nesbitt of Galway I'm here, uh, with a to get in? Like I mean, if I turned up, would people be like, "Yeah, you know, you can you can head in wherever you are"? Uh, no, it was not. Uh, it was it, it was a ticketed event, Ken. Okay. Um, yeah, and certainly the likes of you. Well, no, maybe it's one of your plus one of your plus three. <laughs> I don't think so, Ken. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm sorry. I have to say, if I felt the tide turn at halftime, or if once the once the couple of Spillans went on, and you're thinking, "Oh, it's Pat Spillans last game at RT. They've both gone mm. on. Is this feels very sort of peak Kerry for them to win this All-Ireland in this scenario and then, then Spillane obviously a lot of people would have seen him he spoke brilliantly actually yeah, afterwards about amazing. his father yeah. who who I didn't know anything about this had, I never knew that either d- yeah, yeah he died a couple of days after he was a selector with Kerry in the 60s and had a bit of trouble before one of the day before one of the matches but um, didn't get it seen to anyway he died a couple of days after this Kerry Galway final of 64 yeah. Kerry game yeah which is was all being brought back in, into his head but even when I saw even before I got that emotional which is when I saw the nephews go on I thought oh there's, there's a, the, this might swing it and uh, obviously it's you know it was more about the tactical change rather than just some sort of yeah. carriness carriness yeah, like, uh, they did just start all playing a hell of a lot better in the second half but why don't we get into this in more detail now for the final time, this championship campaign with Flynn McCovell. And he is my second captain. Second captain. That's uh-huh. the humorous competition. I saw that. Important man for my selection. What is it all about? There's no tennis, it's bones to peak. I love you, County. It's a dump. We're going to do it. I think one of the most remarkable achievements of Galway this season is how they swung Paul Flynn's opinion around to such an extent that he actually predicted a Galway win in the end. It didn't quite happen, though. How are you, Paul? Good, thanks. Oh, yeah, it didn't quite happen, but it was uh, a cracking game. It was a cracking game. Oshin, how are you? Oh, on his phone. Not too bad. We have to say Murphy's how's been you, quite... How's, you, how's, how's your mate? That's, that's the big question. He seems very magnanimous so far. Murph, do you want to talk to Oshin about how you're feeling about things? Uh, no, I'm, I'm doing fine, Oshin, you know. I'm doing fine. I think we, um, we were outlasted, uh, is what happened. Good point. Uh, rather than, yeah, rather than... Uh, and it, we're like, we'll get into all of it, but funny, like, kind of th- even thinking last night uh, about what a difference Ian Burke, our last All-Star from 2018... Peter Cook, who opted out this year, Sean Mulcairn, who injured his knee terribly in a Sigerson Cup final, and Michael Daly, uh, who wasn't there either. If you look at those four guys, those four guys uh, are back in the squad next year. The difference, which was kind of just energy in the last kind of 10, 15 minutes, you know, that's, I think that's, that more than anything else in, in ways is kind of the thing that uh, means you can afford to be a little bit more positive today than, than, maybe, than maybe you otherwise would be. Yeah, I mean, it was to it was a cracking game, Oshin. First of all, wasn't it? it? It was sort of there or thereabouts the entire game. You never really knew what was going to happen, bar until the last couple of minutes. It had everything, but the but the right down the stretch, but the last like yeah six or seven minutes probably. Other than that, I thought it had everything. I have to say, lads, 
like you expected to you know to to sit back and analyze a game like that and there was a period after half time 12 and a half minutes 10 points from play swung one way or the other and I I just sat by and loved it every minute of it and I could see and I kept glancing over towards the sideline because it's interesting you know there's games that just take on a life of their own and sort of you know as a as a manager you go into the game and you think well I want to I want to make sure that we um, control this area of the game I want to make sure we control this period of the game and all of a sudden nobody had any control and I love it when it goes like that Absolutely love it, and and we've like we've been here before. Gaelic football has has the power to do those sort of things, um, and um, <clears throat> it just restores your faith in everything, and it just makes. Uh, yesterday just felt as if there was endless possibilities for an endless amount. Like when you walk away from it, an endless amount of possibilities for an endless amount of teams. Um, yet it probably will come back down to the same sort of crew. But at the same time, uh, yeah, it was a wonderful game. And, and the two lads, like Walsh and, and Clifford, I mean, like I know we don't, like certainly I don't have the vocabulary to, to describe what was going on yesterday, but like like Walsh kicked the point and the ball comes straight back down the field and Clifford go, nah, not happening. Not on my watch. And he kicked one, which was equally as good if not better and it's just it's phenomenal lads what those guys are doing is just not it's not easy done it's not yeah. easy done no and I mean what's amazing about it is that this is the kind of thing that you know a lot of the more negative analysis of Gaelic football would have you believe that that sort of thing isn't done anymore you know that you don't have that level of individual yeah. flair on the biggest of days Paul so to see two two guys you know, within two reasonably structured teams have this shootout amongst themselves was just absolutely I was mind blown it was and um and there were there were that many like um moments of the game where you just said to yourself, Did that really happened and you didn't even have time to take a breath, oh you're spot on and then because down the other end of the field, you know, um Clifford would do something else. The two boys were, were just on it and it was a joy to watch. And they weren't operating in, in in acres of space either. Like that's what made it even more impressive. Like if you think about Clifford's marks that he got, he was jumping between two guys. Right? He was the one on the front foot. He was the one who was had the intent to go and win the ball. Or if you talk about um, any of Walter's points, but in particular the one under the Hogan stand where he, he duped two, two carry lads, and, which was one thing. But then to kick the ball at full pace from 45 yards out at an angle and hit it over the black spot is just ridiculous carry on. Like It really is, and you can't overestimate it. <laughs> Uh, or underestimated it's just so so impressive when you are playing in an all-earned final against the best of the best getting man marked and getting against a, a defensive structure that's way more than just being man marked and being able to do that do them things i can't over you can't overestimate it. you see guys doing at a club game and, you, and it makes it um it goes viral on twitter and you say yeah but that's with space like a lot of good players can do anything with space Probably can't do everything that them lads did yesterday with space, but they can do amazing things. But to do it with no space is what makes it so much more impressive. Um, I was blown away by it, and like I, I think to be fair, we probably on this podcast questioned both of these teams throughout the year, right? And fairly, I think just and it's not in any way in in a negative sense to to question them. It's just to you're asking questions of whether they can do can do what they did yesterday. And I think both teams actually answered all of the, the, the questions I had. Anyway, I can speak for myself. On Kerry, to start with, like, 
yeah, I questioned whether they could play against the swarm defence. That was really the only thing that was outstanding. Now whether they could they could live up to the pressure. And yes, like whatever about Clifford being absolutely out of his planet. They're, 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 them as a unit, their turnovers for me was the point that I just just said to me that they're on, right? And like we always had a thing with Dublin pre actually Jim's time with Pat. We win the tackle count, you win the game. And it kind of does always plan out that way. If you are the more intense team, and if you definitely win the turnover count, the chance of you winning the game are a lot higher. And I think they had double the number of turnovers that, that Galway had in the game. And the number of scores they got off, I think it was eight. Kerry got seven points off eight Galway turnovers in the second half. Yeah. see that's And, and, and you can see the turnovers when Galway did win them. Kerry were still set. They weren't cutting them open. I ha- so, so back to that, they've answered all the questions. Galway too, because they were brilliant. All they did was run out of steam. They had no bench strength. And that can be remedied, like you said, Murph. Like that's, they, they can take so much from it. But they went pound for pound with, with, with Kerry right, right through the game. There were some signs, I thought, early doors, that what Galway were doing... I always found when I played against Kerry, right, that like they always picked off easy scores and we always had to score difficult scores. And there was a sense yesterday that the Galway scores were, were, were coming a little bit harder, even though they were coming. They were just, think about McDade's points or if you see, I don't know, if you've seen a heat map of where their scores were, I can guarantee you they were outside the 21 yeah. on, the, on the sides. But yeah, where well, there was a, there are a couple of Shanes were from the, definitely from like Rose Z. So, I mean, <laughs> that, that would suggest uh, <laughs> that they weren't picking off scores in the D, but you're absolutely right, yeah. There's a, that, that was always a talent sign where like Kerry, even though they weren't scoring, they were getting opportunities within the scoring zone. They just weren't clinical and they, you knew that was going to turn. But um, Yeah, that, that was a weird feeling actually, Paul, at half time. When obviously as a Galway supporter, you're like, God, Galway have done so much right there. They, maybe they should be further ahead. But then you you look at it and you say, right, well, they've kicked one wide and Kerry have kicked eight wides and Kerry are a point behind. So it's kind of hard to say that Galway have, you know, shouldn't, should have had more on the board at halftime than they actually had. When you consider, as you say, that so many of the points were from outside of the scoring zone. Yeah, and I think the Kerry ones were actually unforced errors too. Like they weren't mm. actually pressure. You think no, again? Yeah, Gainey, yeah. Gainey's points, he'd slip them over any day of the week. And even Clifford swung one on his left and um, was pretty straight, but he didn't have as much time. But still, it was a kind of a, for him, it was an unforced error. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, like it were, they, were, they, were the, they were the only small small things um, that I felt were going against, like uh, going against Galway early doors. But uh, Kerry just, just, you know, played right right for the 70 minutes. They, they kept, um, they got stronger as the game went on. Uh, four points in five minutes to ice the All-Ireland final, Oisin. That's the question answered. That's what winners do. Um, and I think that in ways it makes it all the more satisfying for Kerry that that was how they won, that they ended up winning this match. I actually think even the, win, the, the way they won the All-Ireland, um, the way they closed out the semi-final and then the way they, they operated yesterday. And, you know, I would say that if you were to give me f- five guesses at the thing that would malfunction for Kerry in an All Ireland final, I would not be saying the final third or in front of goals, and it looked as if that was going to be their Achilles' heels, which is absolutely uh, astounding. Really, is like the seven first half wides um, and the manner of them, and where you know Paul talks about a heat map, but like you know, if I wanted shots for in an All Ireland final, I'd, I'd take Ganey's, I'd take O'Brien's, I'd even take Clifford's you know, as as really good opportunities to 
uh, they kicked the ball over the bar. So definitely five of those opportunities were quite, uh, I wouldn't say simple, but they were simple-ish opportunities. So if you were to ask me, as I say, you know, where would where would Kerry be let down all over the field? Um, I didn't think Kerry were particularly good in the middle of the field either. So so Kerry won the All Ireland, you know, uh, and this is before people start to go mental. I'm not still questioning where they're at. I'm just saying that they that they won it with a few things maybe not going exactly the way they they had planned. Um, but I thought you know defensively a number of players uh, stepped up. O'Sullivan in the corner, Foley, uh, Morley. Um, Obugliak, uh, which is completely not the right pronunciation, um, and Gavin White as well. So they got a lot from uh, from their defence, and then up top, obviously they have, you know, the magic man. So uh, like, but like, you know, they they I'd say they they won the All Ireland in a a pretty uncarry way, and I think that will please them the most. Well, an, an uncarry way. With the Fords misfiring, but then at the same time they do end up with twenty points, and you know uh, a throwback to the great Kerry footballers of the past, winning it for them almost single handedly. Yeah, um, but when I say that, I mean like you know the like like the turnover thing is huge, and it was huge against Dublin, and it was eight to Kerry. Kerry got uh, eight points from turnovers. Galway got two. All the rest of the stats, and anyway, you looked at the stats, more or less, sort of. Uh, mirror what the other team was doing um, so yeah so that's a huge stat and I think that's the thing again that will please them because what was the question marks at the start of the year you know if Kerry go into the trenches uh, who's sticking a hand up apart from Clifford and now he's got a couple of buddies who uh, are are happy to do that there's a bit of steel about them um, so yeah probably actually a little bit like Galway except you know what the lads have already said you know when when you know, like when I when I I think affinity uh, coming off, I just didn't see that at all. Because me and Morph have spoken about Finney and Olay before, and uh, we there's absolutely no questioning, you know, as far as work rate and getting up and down the pitch and fulfilling that role half forward. But he's but it's not ammunition, and and Galway needed ammunition going into the last uh, ten minutes of the game and taking Finnerty away, regardless of how poor he was playing, took one of their gunslingers out. I thought. There's obviously two sides to every game, you know, and there's the offensive side and you look at what obviously Shane and David Shane Walsh and David Clifford did and it was exceptional. But there is also so much to admire in how Galway shut down Sean O'Shea and Kerry shut down Damien Comer for large for large portions of the game. Yeah. And actually I was thinking of this, Paul, right? They both struggled so badly. Their markers had more shots from play on uh, on the goal than they had. Silk had one wide blocked that uh uh, Walsh hit the 45 from and uh, Foley had an effort in the first half neither Comer nor O'Shea were actually able to get one shot off from play and like in a way it kind of makes what Clifford and, and Walsh did even better when you look at like players of the quality of Damien Comer and Sean O'Shea getting shut out of a game like this just down to the the hard work and the I think the tactical acumen of both sidelines to 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 help their players achieve that yeah, that's exactly the point I was making earlier is that like that's why what the guys did was just so impressive. But like when you're in games like that, the how you how you start is important and the two lads started so well, Walsh and um and Clifford. And 
But if early doors, you're getting locked out, like what the other, it's like a contrast and, you know, view of, of what can happen in an All-Ireland final here, right? Because, uh, and I've experienced both in games during my career. I'm sure you have too, Oshin, where you're getting shut out. And if early doors, you just can't get your hands on the ball and you, you, you just, you're working, probably if you look at Comer's work rate, he probably did more miles than what Walsh did, right? But he was just probably headless, probably just not, you know, because that's what can happen to you when you're getting man-marked so intensely. And the other factors then start seeping in, like the 82,000 people that are in the stadium, like the heat, like the fact that it's an All-Ireland final. Well, this is my, I'm talking from personal experience. They start creeping in when the doubts start creeping in because you're getting so badly marked or so tightly marked, right? But if you catch the first ball and just lay it off, that sometimes can be your trigger that I'm in the game. Or if you get a lovely score, which is even better, or you win a kick out or something like that, that's just the trigger for you to get into the game. And I just felt both teams needed it. And um, O'Shea, he missed his first free, which is literally probably the worst free he could have got if, of any free because it was a carbon copy of the one he kicked against Dublin. And I'd say, you I, I, can nearly hear the people, I was certainly doing it anyway, in the, in the, in the stand saying... Um, um, this is a carbon copy of the free, right? He's obviously going to slot this over, and he he, he scuffs it, you know, but which which can easily happen. But that's the they're the little things that can make such a big difference. They give oxygen to the person who's marking you, the guy who's going man to man with you, he can just get in your ear. Um, but they also just deflate you that little bit as a player when you are trying to be the one looking for space, looking for a shot off, or just looking to get on a ball. And I think it's really important. I spoke last week about how um, Jack Barry did a great job in the body checking. Um, like anybody who's man marking Clifford, or it only happened once or twice, but that, that's all it needs to be is once or twice just to get Sean O'Shea on the ball early or to get Comer on the ball early. And you really do have to work with your, for your best players to get them on the ball. And that's, that's, that's a learning I think both teams will take. I think Sean O'Shea has experienced it a couple of times now where he's getting shut out and. They're doing such a good job against Dublin to create space for him. Um, he, he, yeah, he, he Silk just shows the job that Silk did too. So you look, you can look at his both ways. Tamarcus did an unbelievable job. Um, and But then you can also say that sometimes guys have to sacrifice their own game for others to create space. And Comer, I was thinking in the first half, was doing it purposely to leave Walsh in close to goal and to create space mm. and that ended up turning while it wasn't great for him it was good for the team yeah Damien Comer was out on the Cusick stand touchline for a large part of the game and and that did open up certainly um, a lot of room for for Walsh I mean the the, the way the game started Oshin, the three points from Marks in the first 23 minutes from Kerry I mean I think a lot of goalie people expected Derry to do it and it didn't happen but Kerry literally the first three balls they got David Moore in the first first possession was just a, a root up in the air um, that Gleeson just about uh, handled but I think everyone knew then that the, the first 10 minutes was going to be that aerial onslaught that, that kind of goal we were expecting Derry to do in the semi-final Yeah I think Kerry had a real intent about you know they were going to a uh, bit of a gut check you know very very early on um, and uh, the fact that Kerry only had two points in play at half time definitely you know had to be some sort of concern because you would think that you know if that hate ball continued that you know goal would eventually you know find it out but that's the thing about mixing up the play again that I talked about against uh with Derry 
is that even if you kick it out, even if you kick it in a couple of times and lose it, do you know what I mean? Like you know, you've seen how how that bit deeper that the goal just sort of fell in. Um, you know, even on numerous occasions, like Heaney was the was the last man in front of that uh, full back line, and he was being encouraged to be even closer. Um, so the the fact that uh, they had kicked those initial high balls in, give them that extra little bit of space out the field a little bit, you know, to actually in the first half just to have opportunities, not to kick the scores because they didn't, um, but to have the opportunities. And uh, again, that's that's how you know how important it is to mix things up. So if, if you know, if Kerry were going to continue to try and play this nice ball in the front of, of Clifford, if if they were going to try and run the ball through the lanes all the time, but no, there was a good, there was a nice little mix as far as Kerry was concerned. And I think that's something that Kerry will have learned from their own mistakes, but also from uh, watching the likes of Derry play against Galway, that, you know, Galway looked extremely comfortable that day because there was nothing... Uh, for them really to think about outside of you know how we track the runners. I saw Michael Clerk made the point today that Pork Joy spent about six minutes in his post match presser. He says normally that's about you know that's that's not by any means short because the losing manager doesn't want to hang around too long. But he said he, it probably would have been a lot shorter if it wasn't for the bee he had in his bonnet about the free that um, put carry ahead ultimately wasn't it at, at the yeah. the yeah. seventeen sixteen well, certainly saw free. It's the kind of thing you don't normally. You, you, whatever happened there, you normally see it just pass off and nothing being given either way, I would say. I don't know what you guys felt. Oshin, do you want to go, go first? Is, would Galway have cause to be upset about this? Yeah, I think so. Because I think, uh, you know, when Spillane leaves his arm in, yeah, he, he grabs it, but he he, he, let goes, he lets go of it very quickly. Even when we slowed it down, it still seemed like a very short period of time. I thought it was a little bit... But look at, you know, a, a ref... That comes up in a referees committee this week. I guarantee everybody go great spot, well done. You know that's a that's a, that's a free all day long. See that see that. But I do think that the the bee in the bonnet the Park Joyce had started a number of weeks ago when Sean Horsham was appointed to referee the game, and I think we created a problem for himself. And this is by no means me saying that Sean Horsham. I thought he he managed the game uh, fairly well, uh, but we leave ourselves open. You know, and we left ourselves open again. Do you know what I mean? And 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 that was Park Joyce was asked about this The situation here being that he yeah that he's a clubmate of Gal- Paddy he's a, Gal- he's a Galbally man. Yeah, he's mm. he's a he's a clubmate of of Paddy Talley. The Kerry coach. I, yeah. And and I I'm not I'm not questioning the man. I'm not saying that that was in any way anything to do with the free kicks. But do you do you get where you know where you know Park Joyce is irked about that two weeks ago? He brings that into the game, and all of a sudden there is two fairly contentious frees right at the end of the game, and uh, you're asked about it, and you're after you know losing an All Ireland final, so you know you you you're going to be annoyed about it. Simple as that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but the referee thing, like I don't know, as I think Jack O'Connor made the point at the time. What are you supposed to? T- it's quite a small world, the GA world, and somebody's always potentially bound to have some connection with somebody else and it even happened with, with, with Galway earlier in the championship but, yeah. it is own, but it's something still to be you know as I say I'm not saying that Sean Hurston had a but it's still something that should, surely should have been in the minds of the people who are appointing the referee like let's leave this that you know nobody can say anything whereas referees appointed and go well hold on a second he's just you know and, and I get it I get what you're saying I absolutely get what you're saying I'm not saying that 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 swayed the decisions or anything else or you know it was a poor appointment but we still need to think about these things because you know that's the first thing that was pointed out whenever the, the uh, appointment was made 
Yeah, when I seen the free initially, I remember just saying straight away, soft free. That was the initial sound, mm. and I just got on with it. I didn't think again about it until I actually seen the um, Joyce Joyce's comments, and I looked back at it again, and I said, it was soft, but I I've, I I often I said it about a couple of games this week here. If it's a technical free, they are going to be soft, right? And this is what, like, where I, and I prefer technical frees to be given rather than not given. So it's a kind of a catch-22. If they're trying to cut out something in the game that we don't like, which is when the forward or the attacking player, player in possession, grabs the hand of the defender, well then, yeah, that's, that's a technical free. And I think we need to get comfortable with technical frees if we want to have a game that's, you know, more professional, essentially. Because that's, that's what they are. I, I genuinely at the end of the game just felt that there were no question marks and I still don't think there are. That wasn't enough for me. I don't think it would have made enough of a difference. Anyway, uh, I think if you look at the game in its totality in the second half, Galway only kicked two points in the last 20 minutes. I think that's where they once it went for yeah. 14. So that, that in itself, it was that period of time they just lost it. So um, one moment of the game and that being so innocuous like you know nah like, I, can't, I can't see it making a, a massive difference but I can understand where he's coming from based I didn't realise I actually didn't know that that he was uh, he was a club man at Paddy Talley but you are right on like we are such a small country right like if we want to have cross-contamination of coaches and in, in from one county to the other and the club set up the way we're structured these things are going to happen so um I suppose there's integrity of the games, you know, and referees in particular, they they have to be upheld to. Um, so I, I don't see this being a big issue. Well, well, you said earlier on that you thought there was a lot to... I have to say, when I, when I saw Clifford post-match and he mentioned himself how confident he felt that they would win and that he would get his All-Ireland and all that kind of stuff, the fact that he now has one in the bag, that pressure is off him. Uh, Kerry as a county are back on it now I don't know how long Jack O'Connor is going to hang around a lot of the stars seem to be aligning for them to potentially be somewhat dominant I would have thought in the next few years but you said very early on that you actually watching that thought there's a lot of counties would watch that final thinking there's hope for us to potentially be competitive yeah, well, I just think there's there's a there's a there's a good crew now in the pack I think I think you're a hundred percent right I do, I do think that. I do think the the pressure on Kerry was incredible, hmm. uh, and I do think the question marks were huge. Uh, however, I do think that all of those question marks and all of those uh, doubts emanate in their own county. That's the first thing. They are the most. They are the their own harshest critics. I mean, I, I don't want to keep going back to this game, but like whenever I was getting last year, I th- I thought at one stage. Uh, especially after the Tyrone game uh, in the league, I just thought, like, how do you handle it? How do you handle this crowd? You just, you just can't. They just have way too much. And like, it was ex Kerry players who were trying to bring me back down to earth about the performance, not the opposite <laughs> way around. Yeah. And uh, and so that tells you everything you need to know. So, like, they will be judged now. I think a lot more fairly because they've won in All Ireland. Because everybody could see what the potential was and you know, how good players they had and, you know, how many stars they have and and, uh, and now also an organisation, uh, a, a defensive setup that that seems to be 
uh, walking for them. Not seems to be walking for them, is walking for them. Uh, I can't help myself. Um, yeah, anyhow, one goal all championship, <laughs> I think that's fairly decent defending. Yeah, yeah three, three goals all year. One of them was a penalty, so if you continue, that's, that's, that's magnificent. And, and Shane, we watched Shane Ryan, I think, as a goalkeeper grow in front of our eyes as well. Uh, had a huge part to play in all of uh, what Kerry did defensively. So, so yeah, so like they, they have a huge monkey off the back. Um, I just looking funny. I was watching on Saturday morning. I was watching Mark O'Connor play with Geelong, and I was thinking, my God, thank God he's over there because if he was here, like you know what I mean, like he is, the man is unbelievable, and he was an unbelievable. Uh, Gaelic footballer as a minor and that and, and like the, how they would love to have him in but they have they have that uh, Oakenbar who is who is back as well and um, there's a number of gays there who like the thing I would say about Kerry is that you know a lot of gays have got a lot of game time this year um, you know there's been there's been gays who have been tri- tried and tested and the the marked difference yesterday even just looking at the at the substitutions. Not even looking at the quality, but looking at the at the experience that they have, uh, the game time that they've had um, in the last number of years, and look at that in comparison to where Galway are at. So they're in a wonderful position, um, and it looks as if um, a lot of their top men are at a, at a at a really good age. Like if 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 twenty eight. Probably that has come back a little bit, but if twenty six or seven is 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 peak, David Clifford's twenty three. So, <laughs> and the funny Imagine. thing is, that, that's, that was one thing that struck me yesterday is that like I played against everybody that played in that game yesterday, and I haven't played in bloody what three or four years. Like they're not like nippers. Like they've been yeah. knocking around for a few years, but um, that 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 I think makes in some ways an even more impressive um, coaching. Coaching achievement, you know, and and management achievement in itself, and there's a lot of facets to that. There's obviously the Paddy Talley impact defensively, you know, even just the way they've they've changed roles of Tyg Morley, and you know, then they've they've improved the, I suppose the the defend the defensive unit as a whole, but even the individual one on ones like they're now great man markers, but also from a psychological point of view, Tony Griffin is impacting. We mentioned that on this before. And that's what and that that's what I suppose keeps players in the present. That's what makes sure that in, down the stretch, you're not getting caught up with the fact that you're going to win all Ireland. You kick four points on the trot. You know, like they're them little things that are kind of intangible, hard to measure, hard to. But it's but they're measured when you win all Ireland, and then they're criticised when you don't. So, I think it's really important to to note that. And like, you look at Stephen O'Brien yesterday; he had a cracking game, cracking first half. Looked dangerous every time he had the ball. You know, like and um, so there's a lot of experience in that group too. So it's a lovely blend, and um, I do feel that Jack O'Connor has done a phenomenal job. And even just to make those changes, like at halftime, you know, even beforehand we were saying we didn't think that Moran was going to get a full game out of him. And you know, Gainey, you know, wasn't playing well. But like, when well, a manager wouldn't make that call. They'd say, "Go out, we give you ten minutes." But he didn't. Yeah. He made the call straight away. And then, like, them guys go and they, you know, coming on at halftime, I always felt it's a lot easier than coming on with 20 minutes to go because the game has, slow, has stopped anyway and you can just get yourself into the game that bit easier. So that's cuteness. That's, that, that's, that's not cuteness. That's experience. That's, that's an experienced manager making good decisions and, and tough decisions at the right time. So credit has to go to that as well, you know, to, to, to carry set up for, for what they've done. Um, yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good point, actually, on on the Paul Gini one, because I actually thought about it in real time myself, and I thought 
he deserves he deserves ten more minutes. Just give him ten more minutes. Mm. He he could tur- he could turn all this around. Um, because he actually was getting he was handling a bit of ball and that, and he just you know all he needed was one score, and then I think he would have took off. But uh, I suppose that's why Jack O'Connor's Jack O'Connor, and I'm who I am. <laughs> <laughs> What we don't know is, and I, you know, it has it a guess. They might have had a squad game last week, and Killian um, Splan shot the lights out. And sometimes yeah. that can carry you as a player. You know this, like you know. And Gini just looked a little bit off in the first half, and maybe it's because he knew that Killian was breathing down his neck, and he just got the nod. Mm. And then, and then that's why the decisions made quicker. That's from my own experience of seeing that. You know, so. Yeah. But they're good calls, tough calls, and they made they paid off. Yeah, and you know, without uh, kind of labouring the point, you know, Kerry whipped David Moran at half time, you know, and Galway left Paul Conroy out there until the fifty fifth minute, and probably you know ten minutes before that, it looked like Conroy's race was pretty much run, and like that's just that's just the reality of the the size and the strength of the respective benches, really. This is it. It's a twenty man game now. You can't get through. Uh, uh, you can't win all Ireland with even seventeen good players. You have to have. You have to have five lads coming off the bench that are good players because five of them coming off the bench aren't all, all going to have an impact. You know, so, you know, two or three of them having an impact is is um, out of the five. So they, they all have to be good players and on par and breathing down the neck of the guys who are getting the 15 jersey and Kerry have that. I kind of feel like we should go back to Walsh and David Clifford for a second here, right? Because... Um, happy, happy to there's a couple of points I want to make actually first of all is it's amazing to be talking about a football game and to be able to be as enthusiastic and excited about it as like the the hurling I know you guys have spoken about this in the past that you watch hurling analysts and they like they're free to just like vent about how brilliant their sport is like you are talking about the pinnacle of the sport like it's not even so much that like what we saw yesterday was like a return to the 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 good old days of kind of ma- of lads being free to kick it. Like they were yep. kicking points that were like a lot better than anything we've ever seen, you know. And I think that like it it kind of it it bears uh, uh, us pausing on for a minute that you're talking about like the best performance by a player. I, I would say a best performance by a forward certainly. On a losing all Ireland final team by Shane Walsh, like the P- point P- Peter Cannon kicked a few points, Smurf against the Dubs. 95. Yeah, I went looking for it actually because it was like that's kind of a that was like one of the big examples. He kicked eleven points of Tyrone's twelve points in the ninety five final, but all but one of them were from frees. So he kicked one point from play uh, in all that, and he was only fouled for one of those frees that he kicked himself personally. So, I mean, I think Walsh is out there on his own. Like the point he kicked in the second half from the. Uh, Cusick stand side I was quite close to it I have never seen a ball kicked so high in my entire life and it's weird I was like out on the pitch like a couple of days after the Dublin Kerry game and I was looking at where Sean Sean Hichet's free was from and it was like if you gave me a hundred balls I like if you give like a regular club player a hundred balls from this like how often do they does that ball go over and then you look at what Walsh did yesterday and what Clifford did and you're like this is not like, oh, if a guy had been a bit closer or if a guy had been a bit further away. It's like, it's just not possible for like the majority of footballers to do what they did yesterday. And like, to do it in an All-Ireland final just blows my mind. The, the purity in which they strike the ball on a consistent basis is the most difficult thing to do. Operating in small, little areas, uh somebody breathing down your neck, somebody trying to get a block in, uh, at the pace, 82,500 people, 
the most extreme pressure, realizing that if you fuck this up, the chances are your county's not gonna uh, has no chance of of winning all Ireland. Like, imagine we turned up yesterday and Shane Walsh didn't do what Shane Walsh done. Like we will be having a completely different conversation about about the game itself, but the purity at which these guys strike the ball off, you know, very little backlift sometimes. Uh, as I say, with somebody breathing down their neck, it's it's nothing short. It's nothing short of incredible. Well, with, with Clifford, I thought it was amazing as well. Just that he was doing it in a team that was malfunctioning. They were very jiggy. Yeah. I think was the word that Jack O'Connor used in the first half. It's kind of strange that all the other not all the other forwards but certainly the inside forwards were, were, were struggling and yet he played as though his team were you know marching forward relentlessly it was, it was amazing to watch yeah and, and uh, just the way he picked up the baton do you know what I mean and, and, and like it didn't seem to it didn't seem to annoy him that you know that the things were malfunctioning around him like you know I see he, he got him, one bad uh, pass he got one that went over the sideline I think it was from David Moore and he was, he, was. He, he nearly started he, he the ball him out of him and then he's like okay look he, the, he I think a, he knows yeah he, he gave it a little yeah. bit of a uh, but even even his uh, even Gini had kicked a couple of wides and he gave him a bit of a slap on the back of the head like you know that's probably you know Kerry's most experienced player just letting him know you know it's alright like I got this shit like you know mm-hmm. so and it, it the, 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 the thing about that like which is different to um to the Dublin team the racing Dublin team is like in the Dublin setup there was never Kerry play everything through Clifford right they they want to play everything through him like you know and I think that even makes it even more impressive is that like you're set up in a way that like as you can see it like they get the ball 45 50 yards out and they're looking up where is he where is he right and they, you know and to, to Galway knew this was the case, right? So they were like, they were trying, they were setting up all two weeks of analysis to try and figure out, okay, which way does he run? What movements does he like to do? Where should we position the sweeper? And good forwards who are physically conditioned to a certain level and yet still can't stop him. Like that one, that high ball that came in, which was literally, wasn't even a good ball, right? It just it's got like, it was disgusting. in. Like, yeah, oh my it was God. Horrible. Like, I wouldn't have went for it. I play full forward now. I would have went like that. I'd be Hands shaking my head, head, shaking my head, like what the hell? Like, how am I supposed to work in these under these conditions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have went for it, and yet then you see, like, between you see a Galway player and you see uh, two Galway players, one either side, and you just see this, like, you know, green and gold jerseys running through the middle and just darting up in the air, and winning. And it wasn't even as if he was getting. There was no one even. There was no jumping with him. Like he was just, he was just quicker. He anticipated the play. He just knew what was going to happen. He read where the ball was going to go, and he just, and he knows that. Like the beauty of that is, he knows that like, the ball's always going to come in because that's just what they do, you know. And they just put the ball in. So it's like it's just, yeah. You can't overestimate how good how good he was, and he's twenty three years of age as well. And like then you see him after the game, and I don't know, maybe I'm just a bit soft now. I've got kids, but like you see him with his with his kid, and he's doing the laps, and he's just. It was just, it, I suppose, it's hard not to be emotional watching an All-Ireland final, but when you see little things like that, him and David Moore, it's, it's, it's just class. You know, it grounds the whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It did remind me, it did remind me more, though, of what you said last week, is that, you know, if you're going to lose an All-Ireland, don't let, don't let David Clifford, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, destroy your dreams. Yeah, but, but at the same time, it was like, it was a privilege to be there to see him. Like, yeah, that's was, how good he was, was. you know. And the the... Obviously, there was so much pressure on Clifford, but there was so much pressure on Shane Walsh as well in like a kind of a more yeah. existential way. You know, in that uh, for many years, I saw Keith Duggan writing in the Irish Times today and he described it very aptly. 
that Shane Walsh nearly became the embodiment of Galway football in that talent to burn, but when it gets down to the crunch, like what, like what's there? And I, after the Mayo game, I think it was the Mayo game, or the Roscommon game, actually, the, the iconic final, I asked you two guys, it was the week kind of when the Khan versus David Clifford argument was kind of, was first, first kind of being broached. And I was like, you guys were more positive about kind of Shane Walsh's standing in the game even than I was, I think, in that you were saying, I think everyone recognised how good this guy is. And that, again, maybe Shane Walsh's harshest critics were in Galway in that, like, you know, we see the ability, but can we see it consistently? So that's what Shane Walsh was up against. Like, this idea that he has to prove himself or all these questions will continue to be asked about him. And now, you know, even in defeat... Like, there are no other questions about him. Like, he is a genuinely sort of a, ge- a generational talent. And I think that's a huge pressure to take into an All-Ireland final as well and to carry it so lightly, Yosh. I think that that comes that comes a little bit. See that parochial stuff? That comes a little bit from, you know, club football. You know, he's played a league game and somebody's done really well on him because, you know, he probably couldn't be bothered. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a Wednesday evening. It's wet. It's, you know, there's... 14 people there to watch him you know it's it's just not his it's not his it's not his playground it's not his arena um uh, and so that so therefore you know you, you if you're watching him on a consistent basis maybe your opinion of him maybe is, is skewed a little bit but like there's no questioning about him now he's like he, again just a little bit like we talked about Kerry answering questions. I mean, Shane Walsh has answered all those questions. He doesn't need to answer any more questions. Yeah, he, he of course he wants to kick on and win all Ireland, but like his his uh, his ability has never been in question. Uh, maybe the last piece of the jigsaw for him was the mindset thing. You know, when people question his mindset and and uh, doing it on the big stage. But look, at he's done it on the big stage. And I tell you another thing too, he's tough. He's tough. He's tough physically. He's tough mentally, uh, and that's two of the attributes you need, along with uh, with having the ability that he has. Also, I think Murph, the consistency thing is maybe something that people within a county might care about more. Whereas if you're watching it as a neutral, all I care about is oh, Shane Walsh is in there. I know he might light this thing up. Yeah, and if he, you know, he's one of those players you know has potential to do it. So maybe that's why people were giving him a bit more slack from outside the county. But yeah, he was brilliant. Clifford was brilliant. A uh, really good season, I thought, and a brilliant All Ireland final, and of course, amazing analysis from you two boys throughout. We won't we won't wait too long to chat to you again. But listen, lads, thanks so much for all the help throughout the championship. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's a beautiful summer's day. The breeze is stupendous. 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 
Would this podcast be even more stupendous without ads? Without ads? Ads. If so, then join us for daily commercial-free shows at secondcaptains.com for just five euro a month. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not bumping them up. I'm not Irish. I'm just saying my observations, they are amazing. Stupendous. I feel I do have to apologise to you, by the way, Kieran. Uh, uh, well, I accept your apology in advance, uh, but, I, but yeah, I, 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 I certainly deserve. I know moment, that for a fact. There was a There's moment a lot that you should be apologising to me for. But anyway, there was a moment on Saturday night where we were just walking along Shop Street, taking in the atmosphere around Galway City ahead of the during International Arts Week, ahead of the All Ireland Final, right before Galway Race Week. There's a lot going on in Galway. It's a happening mm. spot. That's what I will say. I'm pleased to report Galway is 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 still rocking <laughs> at the moment. But you turned to me and you said, "Hang on a second. I I've been talking a lot about Galway for the last week." Who do you want to win the game? And I hesitated. Mm. I hesitated before saying, well, Galway, of course. There I'm walking around with, like, you know, the Galway flags festooned around the place. Far too late. There was a hesitation. But but what was the hesitation? The hesitation was because I just really love David Clifford. I really wanted, aside aside from Galway to win for my my pal Murph and, you know, the underdogs and all that sort of stuff, which was the... My answer was... In the end, Galway. So I'll, I put that on in the record. In the end, Galway. But yes. I did, and I was delighted to see Clifford win his All Ireland. I've got no ill feeling towards Kerry. I know they're a big rival of Dublin's over the years, Ken. But you know, you got to feel they always, you know, they conjure up great memories. Well, I thought it was. I thought it was great for them. I was pleased for them actually. I was. I was delighted for them. Um, to it's the first All Ireland win in the twenty first century, isn't it? <laughs> Not quite. They've got an. Uh, they've won the last fifteen All Ireland crying championships. <laughs> so it's great that the that the tears can finally stop. The tears can stop flowing for. Uh, for you, at least you obviously a, have strong memories of the great Kerry team of the two thousands, the the noughties, I should say. Well, there was a, a close personal friend of mine, um, Kieran Starr Donahue, mm-hmm. uh, was was a member of that team. Um, they, did they? Others, of course, did they get across, did they get across the line in the end? That those those guys. Uh, well, they they obviously were beaten three times by Tyrone uh, in that decade, but that's that's not you know that's not what we're here to talk about. They did also win in two thousand, two thousand four, two thousand six, and two thousand nine, which you'd have to say are, that's and two thousand fourteen, two thousand fourteen as well. They've won quite yes. a few All Irelands this century, and you can yeah. you can top this one up. The famine why, is why, over. Why, and all why that have they Why have they been crying so much? Because uh, eight I years feels like eight years. Believe it or not, Ken is the third longest stretch they've gone without winning an All Ireland. So that's why, uh, you know, in Kerry terms, it's a big weight for most um, counties. It's not that much I, of a problem. I am delighted for them. I would just like to say a hearty well done to Kerry yeah. on, uh, on finally doing the business. That's big, yeah. Classy. There was another, bit of, fan, there was so another bit of Kerry GA news over the weekend, though, you guys. Brian Cody stepping down as Kilkenny manager, somewhat stealing the thunder, not on Sunday, but a lot of the talk on Saturday was of Cody rather mm. than of the upcoming All-Ireland final. A hurling man to the end. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Now that the GA intercounty season is over, <laughs> I feel free to. <laughs> well, no, Brian, there is one more game that actually quite a number of people are interested in. But you know, you do you, as they say, you do you, champion. Even the as w- Nick Curios would even say, even the way he did it, it was just it was a county board statement with no quotes from Cody that I saw. Anyway, it was just the, Brian has informed us that he has finished up his career, and he just lets everybody else talk about how great he is. Uh, apparently it was, I mean, it was rumbling for a few days everyone was saying oh it's no surprise but maybe you have to be following Kilkenny GA more closely to realise that it was about mm. to happen there had been rumblings yeah, 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 yeah there had been rumblings I think from nearly from Wednesday yeah. that like oh uh, you know, 
people on Twitter saying, oh, statement imminent tomorrow. Mm. And then tomorrow became Friday and still no statement. Is it one final dig at Shefflin, do you think? Uh, Retire now uh, while Shefflin <laughs> is currently employed with another county, making it very hard for him to <laughs> cut ties with Galway, step straight into the oh, Kilkenny job. I, I kind of feel overreach. like what with, what with Brian having been in charge of this team for, you know, a quarter of a century, uh, the, the decision to end something like that... Uh, Usually there are more, more more motivations than just spite uh, at the end of that. I mean, that's just me. I mean, maybe that is actually the, the key uh, driving force of Brian Cody's being. I mean, maybe that's not actually that outlandish. Um, but as to who will actually take over, well, that's kind of the, the interesting question. Can can Shefflin walk away from Galway and take up the... I, I mean, I don't know. Um, there is obviously Eddie Brennan, uh, who has... Uh, Compiled quite a uh, quite an interesting managerial CV. Derek Ling was in charge of the Kilkenny under twenties this year and did a very good job with them. Uh, so uh, there are numerous candidates, numerous candidates on. Um, but goodbye, Brian. We hardly knew ye, <laughs> nor did you want us to know ye very well. <laughs> but there you go. We we know ye delivered a lot of All-Ireland titles to Kilkenny yes. as everybody has been making the point over the last couple of days. Ken is back as you're here. We've got a football podcast out later today and plenty more football during the week for you guys, our World Service members. Secondcaptains.com is the place to sign up for only a fiver a month plus fat. You'll also hear all episodes ad-free if you become a member. The Second Captains podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Thanks guys. Thanks Ken. Thank you Owen. Thanks Murph. Thank and you well done Murph. Gurmagad, Gurmagad, Akina, Big Law, Ella, Egan Borak. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, talk to you during the week. What is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade us of the world outside of that. That's why sports is important. 